an A&E original podcast. Amira, <laughs> can you handle this? Kirby, can you handle this? Michelle, can you handle this? I don't think they can handle this. <laughs> That's how it goes. She goes, oh, oh, yeah, she sure does. Welcome to The Table is Ours, the podcast where we discuss all things Black. That's Black identity, Black culture, Black love, and Black triumph. With me today is my fierce, fabulous, amazing co-host, Amira Lawali. (laughs) And y'all, if Amira were a Destiny's Child lyric, she would be... All the women who independent, throw your hands up at me. (laughs) Throw your hands up at me. (laughs) That is my brand. Brand strong. Brand Brand hard. Strong, honey. (laughs) And with me today is my amazing co-host, V. Kirby Dixon. And if Kirby were a Destiny's Child lyric. My people, you know what she is. She's Survivor. Because I'm a survivor. Hey. I'm not going to give hey. up. I'm not going to stop. Hey. I'm going to work hard. Hey. And we do. We work hard. We work hard. We work very hard. <laughs> so, Kirby Dixon, I have to ask you the same question I ask you every week. How are you, my friend? Girl, okay. This week, I am uh-huh. so good. I am smiling from ear to ear. There's a twinkle in my eye, a pep in my step. <laughs> I am so, so good. How are you this week? I am good. I'm coming hot off of a fresh vacation, and I did vacate. I vacated. It was great. Yeah, I saw you. I'm refreshed. I am back, people. I did. On a scooter, (laughs) at brunch, wearing jeans. (laughs) Yes, wearing jeans. That's the key word. Your girl never wears pants. But I was outside. My location was outside these doors with the mask. Yes. But I was outside. I love that you took some time to relax, have fellowship with your family and your boo. I love that for you. Yeah, it was great. Hold me accountable for June, okay? I do. I'm literally <laughs> looking on your calendar like, okay, she's got to get out of here and she's got to like not check in. Yes, but also... Amira, we need to vacation together. We've never done such a thing. Oh, we have not. It's been over a year since we've been in the same vicinity. Oh, we need to vacate, girl. I think we have so much fun. Yeah, that's the next level in our friendship. It is. It is. I think a girl's (laughs) trip is like the end-all, be-all. Like, it's a real test of friendship. But I think we could do it. Yeah, you can't vacation with everybody. No, you can't. Okay. You can't. It's You learn a lot about people. Well, now I have to ask you, okay, what's your, like, vacation vibe? Like, what are you... Are you, like, a planner? Are you go with the flow? Or are you, like, let's get drunk starting at 7 a.m.? Like, what's what's the energy? Okay, I am always let's get drunk at 7 (laughs) a.m. But I think... Here's the thing. If I'm vacationing somewhere I know, vacation is truly about relaxation. If I'm vacationing, Mm -hmm. like to see a new country, then it needs to be like 60-40. Like I can't do events all the time because it is my time off. Right. Like and I need to relax by a pool or somewhere. And then two out of three out of five days we can do be doing things, but two of those days I need to chill. Oh. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I'm totally a beach vacay, relax my tie on the beach type of vibe. But I'm also like, I'm the pre-planner. So I'm your friend who we're going to a new island or we're going to a new destination and I'm doing all the research and figuring out all the cool things I think we would like. Here are all the top tier restaurants we're going to. But of the activities, yeah, don't choose them all. We're choosing two to three 
And for the rest of the days, you know, we're just going to go where the vacation takes us. Yes. Okay. We definitely need to vacation together because <laughs> I, I love vacationing with planners because that is not us. <laughs> yeah. That's my energy. <laughs> This is a little off topic, but I was reflecting with my sisters about our favorite, like, Destiny's Child moment. Mm, that's a good one. Because there's three of us, and I just, I have to say, my first concert was Destiny's Child, and it was Destiny's Child and Christina Aguilera wow. and Jessica Simpson. I know. Can you think about that retro girl gang? It was good. Do you have a t-shirt? That can probably go for a lot of money now. <laughs> I probably do, you know? But it was so good. What about you? What's your favorite DC moment? You know what's so funny? Okay, my favorite Destiny Child moment in my head right now is when they came back together for Coachella. Oh, yeah. And just blew everyone away. The hair, the outfits, the strut. The walk. The the vocals. <laughs> it was just all there. And it was a reminder of like, this is one of my favorite girl groups of all time for a reason. They deserve all the praise that they get. And that leads mm-hmm. me to ask you, Mira. I mean, should we let should we let them in? Should we let the I people think we know? Can let them in now. I think we can let them in. I think let them in. Let them know, girl. Y'all, we spoke to a child of destiny this week. <laughs> <laughs> a child of destiny, a destiny of child. And if you cannot hear it, the excitement is through the roof. We have peaked. It does not get much better than this. Yeah, this is it. I think I'm retiring. I agree. I think I'm done. We're putting in our two weeks today? Yeah. This is it. Because like, I think, what more can I do? What more can I? This was this it. This was it. This was it. The sky is the limit and we've reached it. <laughs> we spoke to the Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, a child of destiny, was on this here podcast. And I know I don't need to read her credits for you all, but I will. She is a member of the greatest girl group of all time, a solo songstress, a podcast sister, and an authoress. An authoress. Say it again, Amira. Yes. And we spoke about all of the topics with Michelle. We spoke about loving yourself first, where mental health meets religion, and the most iconic girl group of all time, Destiny's Child. The Michelle Williams. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello! Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh, it's so good to talk to you ladies. Y'all's podcast is amazing. Oh my gosh, thank, thank you. you! I was going to say the same about you. We do say the same. Huge fan, Amira. My best friend's name is Amira. Oh, I love oh that. Gosh. Oh, I feel yep. special. This episode was meant to be. And Kirby... You know, when I lived in Houston, one of my favorite Krispy Kremes was right off of Kirby. Kirby, yes. Kirby Rose. <laughs> okay, this was destined. I am, 
I am I'm I lost words because we are trying so hard not to fan a girl. Like trying so hard oh. because we love you. She literally is about to say, I'm losing my breath. I saw it. So much. You know what? I caught myself. Kirby Dixon, I caught myself. You did. It's okay. I'll let us we can have those moments. No judgment. <laughs> we will have those moments. But first off, welcome to the table is ours. We're so excited. So excited to have you. And we kick it off with the same question every single week. Because this last year has been a lot. Mm. It's been testing and stressful for so many. So first question is, how are you? How are you really today? Today, I am really good. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. But um, because when you're promoting a book or you're praying for certain opportunities, when those opportunities come, you're going to be tired. But I remain grateful. We love that. Because a lot of times... (laughs) You pray for things and when you're specific in your prayers, sometimes it'll come tenfold. And we always speak abundance on this podcast and we love that. We love that for you and we love that for us and we love that you're here with us today. Yes. You know what? (laughs) Yesterday I found myself saying, oh, I'm tired of talking, but I was like, "Uh uh-uh, now don't utter that. Because nothing is wrong with uh, when you're exerting a lot of energy, you're going to say you're tired. So I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm I'm tired. But I, I'm not tired of talking. Yes. yes. <laughs> My body is just tired. And so that, so I was like, because you can say you're tired of talking and then everything, folks, it's things that will be taken away. Like, oh, you tired of talking? Okay. Not right. <laughs> you have that specificity is what you need. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of being tired and exhausted, which I think is a feeling that both Amir and I feel way too often. I'm always tired. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the name of your podcast and your book. We just want to know who checks in with you now and how do you check in on yourself? Who checks in on me now? You know, I have a, a good set of friends who will just send a text or I know Kelly or B, they'll do something cute where they'll just send me video of one of the kids doing something. That's their, that's their way of checking in. Like want to be saying, hi, auntie Mimi. So that's, you know, that's just their way as well of checking in. You know, I check in, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I have my therapist, you know, that I'm able to check in weekly. How, how you doing? So um, I have a, a small number and I'm glad for that small number. I don't want, I'm Lord, I like friends, but I, I don't want a whole, I don't need a whole bunch. Same. And I feel like specifically during the pandemic, my circle, I like even like love all people, but my close circle and who I rely on and who I like lean on for things got a little smaller and I like it. I feel safe there. And yeah. I like, I love all of them. And like, we love each other the same. So it's a good awesome <laughs> amount of people. And you realize that you rely on certain people for certain things. So not everyone needs to check in every day, but there are a few people that check in on my mental space or a few people that check in on me financially. There's a few Mm -hmm. people that check in on me to see Mm -hmm. how I'm doing at work. That's so, so, so good and so necessary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this podcast came from Black female friendship, like Black sisterhood. Like Mm. Kirby and I were chilling after work a little too late. And we became (laughs) friends quickly and we built a trust. And I think the key to like why we love this podcast is that we are friends first and we realize our group chats and that Black sisterhood is so important. So like, what does your Black sisterhood and Black female friendships look like today? 
today they are, you know, like I said, my best friend's name is Amira. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she Princess. is. Michelle, I have to tell you, she's never going to live this down. I'm never going oh to. Oh, my God. You just open up the door. <laughs> just wait. I'm about to annoy the hell out of my sisters as soon as. <laughs> Honey, listen. And she actually is a real life princess. Her yeah. husband is a prince in his village in Nigeria. It's destined. A queen. I told y'all. I told y'all my name at Royalty and it just goes over. It's, you know. <laughs> now, you know, back here in the States, Amira is a dentist. So she's not going by Princess Amira. Her husband, Wale, is a former NFL player and now heads up a division at UBS. But yes, they are princes. But Amira definitely, I love the fact that she just came in swinging. She came in like, girl, I don't care who you are, but she's she's the one that's like, T, you tripping, girl, stop. You she she keeps me from jumping off the ledge. It's kind of like she keeps, I don't know if y'all saw that mean, I can't stand him. Blah blah blah. Oh girl, he called me. I'm gonna call you right back. Yes. <laughs> you know, she's the one that's like, see, I told you stuff is gonna work out. But she's also the one to say, T, chill out. I love the balance. She's encouraging, but she keeps it real if I'm like having a whole anxious fit about something. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, we'd be remiss not to ask you, Destiny's Child in particular was an archetype of sisterhood for Mm -hmm. so many of us, Black women specifically. I'm an only child, so I remember looking to you guys and your girl group and the bond that was so obvious on interviews and things like that. I mean, like, dang, okay, when I grow up, I want something that looks like that. So wondering, and you mentioned, you know, Beyonce and Kelly sharing their kids' um, videos with you. What does that sisterhood look like for you now? How has that evolved? It evolves to the point where even like the other day, we're in our group FaceTime and Kelly is chopping up celery and carrots because she's making (laughs) chicken rice soup. I mean... (laughs) This is grown woman stuff. She's using a cutting board. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, and, you know, and B comes on and she forgets. She has a crown on her head that little Rumi put on it. And I said, okay for the crown. And she's like, girl, I forgot Rumi put this on me. So <laughs> I love, I'm loving our friendship and I'm loving the access to even see sides of them that maybe the world isn't so privy to because those are parts of them that maybe they choose to just keep for themselves. And so I I love the sisterhood. I love the check-ins. I think even during the pandemic, it's become even more intentional because we didn't have a choice. You know, there was a moment I couldn't just, I live in Atlanta, they're both in LA. So I just, there was a moment I couldn't just get on a plane to go see them because of a freaking pandemic and uh, wanting us vowing to say, you know what? Let's just FaceTime. Let's just keep each other safe for the time being. Yeah, I love that because I will say, though, for you guys, despite all of the fandom, there is a realism that you guys constantly brought to our homes. And that's what I loved about it. And luckily, we have the fortune of Kelly is in our family now as well because of Lifetime and all that she's yep. done with them. So mm-hmm. we've gotten to see a little bit of that realism. And we thank you guys for that because you don't get it very often with your faves and your icons. And not just realism. I thought it was so important that it showed different Black women killing it. Like a group, solid core, great friends, but all like multifaceted. And I was like, Black women. Well, oh my gosh. And we we proved that women can work together. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
it's literally just respecting each other's boundaries. Like, for instance, Kirby and Amira, I don't know. Who's the morning person between the two of you? <laughs> Me. Amira, we <laughs> just had this conversation today. <laughs> we had a 9.30 a.m. meeting, and we are like, okay. <laughs> and that's not even early, really, but... <laughs> no. Like, respecting, like, okay, Kirby might not be the morning person, so maybe I'm not going to come in. Girl! <laughs> I know. I'm going to come in and say, girl. Exactly. <laughs> or it's just respecting each other's vibes and space. And you know when you're being disrespectful and petty, it's like trying to just curb that, control that, and even assess your heart. And like, why would you want to respond that way to a friend in the first place? Right. And I, I can tell you, we never, we've never had an argument. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. We've never had moments of talking about each other to the other person. Because in the beginning, these were our exact words. If you have a problem with either person, go to them directly. And it's such a simple task, or so you think. It should be a very simple thing. It's simple, but, you know, you have to make sure that I have to be the safe person that someone can even come to to say, Michelle, I didn't vibe with you when you said that. Yeah, it's like testing your pride to admit that what someone else did kind of hurt you in a way. And that's like what we all need to get over. It's like hard for me too. Well, testing the pride that you can go to someone, but that's someone that I go to, I have to trust that you're not going to dismiss what I'm coming to you about. You're not going to get loud and ignorant. And so both have to be safe people. So I know that you guys had that Bond and said, if you had any issues, you'd come to each other. Was there anyone outside of the group that kind of tested your boundaries and like wanted to pitch you guys against each other? Because that happens to black women all of the time. I would just say media does its job. You know, you want to create a headline. You want to make something that it's not. You want to. So when you go into the business knowing, okay, media is going to do its job. Now, there is a lot of media that just praise the work that we've done. They honor the friendship. They respect the work. And then you have some that might want to push the envelope a little bit. And that's okay. But I can be honest and say I haven't witnessed like any, no, like, no, we, we, we just were blessed. We were, we were blessed. It was, it was rare. And we love to hear that. We love to hear black women and the safety of their friendships and it not being broken. That is, oof. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's very, very real. Shifting gears a little bit, you obviously are a part of one of the greatest, most iconic, most beautiful girl groups <laughs> of all times. And a lot of times, obviously, that pits you in the spotlight. But the spotlight comes with some amazing things, but also a lot of challenges. And we did not need to research you. But we did see that you've been very honest and very open from a very, very early age and early on in your career in which you were talking about your struggles with things like depression and mental health and even had a conversation with Matthew Knowles very early on saying, I'm depressed, right? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. how do I handle that? So kind of wondering in looking back at clips now of interviews or shows or anything like that, can you pinpoint the time in which you knew, okay, maybe I'm not fully in myself right now and I might need to get help? Well, depression doesn't have a look. So I can look at the interviews and just as long as Beyonce and Kelly was by my side, I was good. That is why when someone dies by suicide, people say, we were just hanging out the other day. We was just turning up. 
Yeah. Because it's like, as long as they're with the people that they love, it's like, they're okay. It's like, they're fine. They're fine. And it could be just that thing that kept them holding on for that particular day and time. So there is not an interview that I can pinpoint and say, you know, because like I said, we had fun together. It went, it had nothing to do with them. It had nothing. Destiny's Child didn't make me depressed. The music industry didn't make me depressed. But it was something that I had been dealing with since the seventh grade. I just didn't get a proper diagnosis until I was in my 30s. And that's so real for me because I do have relatives, some who are still alive and some who are not, who very openly struggled with their depression. I've gone through my own periods of mm-hmm. depression and anxiety. And fortunately, I think it's a little bit of the the environment that I grew up with, but also in being an only child that I've always been really in tune with my emotions. I've had to force myself to look at myself and handle them on my own. And this is a big question, but wondering then, there's a stigma in our community, in the Black community, around mental health, around depression, around anxiety and what it looks like. So how do we start to peel back and get rid of that stigma Mm -hmm. in our community? Well, Kirby and Amira, I would just say, just be loving. If it's a possibility you see somebody that could be having a challenge, you don't have to get into their business, but just kind of, you know, do a little hint and say, just want you to know I'm here for you. Just want you to know I love you. Yeah. I was speaking with my publicist yesterday morning and she's home in Grenada and she was just saying how her mother really had struggled with mental illness and how family made fun of her. Oh. Mm -hmm. Right? And so at some point, we do that when we were kids. You see something that looks a little weird, you laugh. Now there comes a point as an adult when you get older, you're like, wow. This person has been really dealing with this for a long time. Maybe it's not something to laugh at. Maybe it's something to get and be inquisitive about and say, you know, how can I help? I don't know what you're going through, but I can just be there for you. But the stigma is, you know, we laugh at the person or we say, when it relates to mental health challenges, we automatically accuse them of something they're not doing you're not praying enough, you're in sin, you know, versus if I told you, hey, I got a diagnosis of a terminal illness or diabetes or lupus or something, I'm praying for you, let me know what I can do. But it's a double standard when it comes to mental health in the black community or even in church. It's like we equate what someone is going through emotionally or spiritually to sin or something that they're not doing enough. Absolutely. And pain and trauma, you know, can compound and it can break anyone's emotions. It can break anyone's spirit, especially when you don't know how to process pain that was inflicted on you and trauma that you've witnessed and or experienced. Trauma can be witnessed and experienced. I want to go back to a minute for something you said a little bit earlier that kind of like, I guess it sparked me because you said, depression presents itself in different ways and Mm -hmm. it took me years to figure that out and I wasted months and months of being angry and I could have addressed it and I I think the perception of depression is like you're just sad all the time and crying all the time and I was like I'm a pretty upbeat person like I'm I'm not sad so that I was like that can't be it but I woke up angry every morning for three months Mm. angry Mm. it was pure fire there was nothing sad about it Mm. and it took months for me to be like why am I waking up angry that's not in whom I am and then dug deeper and I realized oh you're depressed 
And it just hit different way. Like, so just the fact that I don't know if women or black women in particular know that it hit, like it, it could be anger. It could be sadness. It could be, I guess, like isolation. Yep. It's another form of it. Yeah. All of our emotions manifest themselves in different ways. So we don't know what to look out for, but what were the clues that you saw in your thirties that said, oh, this is something. Or even in seventh grade. Yeah. Well, in seventh grade, it was definitely the isolation, fatigue, loss of interest. My grades started dropping. And that's what you will notice in adolescence, in symptoms of adolescence with depression. But at the same time, if you have a child in that age group, you're probably attributing it to they're just growing up. Maybe she's. Yes. What do they call it? They call it angsty. Mm -hmm. They're just being angsty. Or you're just being a teenager or you're going through puberty, all of those things. And some of that could actually be true. So you just ignore because when I'm in the seventh grade, really, you're like, what? You ain't getting up paying no bills. <laughs> you just got to run around and be a kid. Yeah. And just make sure you keep deodorant on and not be musty. Yeah. And get good grades, you know, but don't discount what a child goes through. Not only are they feeling the trauma in the household. Now, mind you, in the seventh grade, you have, I was in a two-parent household. They had their own issues individually. They also had their own issues as a couple. The child witnesses that, feels it, and sees it all. I don't know how to process or articulate it. And you cannot air out the family's dirty laundry. So, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't process this with nobody. Right. Adulting is hard. We learned that the hard okay. way. <laughs> and yeah. then, but again, don't dismiss that child could be being bullied at school. That child could be afraid to tell you, I'm having trouble learning. You know what I mean? And so, We've really got to be in tune with your child. But my heart goes out to parents because you you are providing and you are, you're trying to survive yourself. And so you do miss out on paying a little extra attention to the needs of your children. Now, fast forward to my 30s. You have responses that are out of character. So, Amira, you're talking about waking up angry. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what do you do when you're angry? You're probably a little more snappy at people. Yeah. You're saying things that you're like, why did I react to the water just falling off the table? So that's from seventh grade to my 30s. And then taking it out on people closest to me. They don't deserve that. So when that pain goes unchecked, you defile the people closest to you and they don't deserve that. Yeah, I've learned, and this is a question for you too, Michelle, like music has evolved and it can, it will forever continue to evolve. But I've noticed recently, even I have like younger cousins who are listening to people like Billie Eilish, for example, who makes it really natural and honest to like, use the words necessary to be okay as you're moving through these emotions. So for instance, I've heard my little cousin literally tell me like, Kirby, I'm anxious today. Mm. And you wouldn't expect someone that young to be like, huh, that's a really good word. And I'm really impressed and happy that you have this vocabulary now to express how you're feeling. When did you learn to kind of be open with your emotions and learn the language to talk about what you were experiencing to the people that were closest to you? Really only in recent years. Wow. Yeah. Only in recent years because, you know, when you're going to therapy constantly and you're, it gives you language to use. And so really only till recently have I even been comfortable 
to say, you know, I'm not feeling this today or I'm not, I'm not feeling the way you responded or forgive me for responding to you in that way. Oh, that's it. (laughs) I have moments where I can feel my anxiety brewing out of nowhere. And if it's Kirby, I'm completely fine saying, girl, what is coming out of me is not for you. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to get through this next hour because we're at work. But just know like there's something else going on. Yeah. Just so it's not projection. But the beauty in the sisterhood too, like we were talking about earlier in Black sisterhood specifically, I know Amira so well now that she doesn't even have to communicate it to me. I see it. I feel it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? That's so good. That's so good. Because you know what? We're too old to be blaming other people. Say it again, (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Let's take accountability for how we're going to respond and react to circumstances in our life too. So, and don't blame other people. And then stop blaming yourself. Forgive yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Let go of the shame for, guess what? And you're entitled to forgiving yourself the minute after you wrong somebody. You're okay to release the shame right after you know you probably responded to somebody or forgive yourself for allowing somebody to misuse you or abuse you for all the years in which they did. Forgive yourself, forgive them too. I'm not gonna lie, that is what I struggle with the most because after that whole time where I was so angry and very mean to people close to me, I felt so guilty that I ruined so many friendships and it took like literally like six months to a year to the point where I was like, okay, I'm over this. Like I can still see photos from that time and still like feel it in my gut and wow. feel sad about how I treated other people. Wow. It's a journey. Now, Amir, have you been able to go to them and say, I'm so sorry? Oh yeah. I apologize. We had breakfast and I was like, look, I have a new therapist and I realized my anger was probably depression and I, you did not deserve this. Ooh. But I also had to accept that she was like, I hear you, but it was a lot and I can't do this right now. So, And that's okay, too, because they have a right to process the pain, too. Yeah. That power and strength to know when you need to apologize, when you can forgive someone for also acting ill towards you, whatever they're going through, that's growth to me. Now, Amira, how did you feel in that moment when she was like, I hear you, but I need a minute? How did that make you feel? Oh, I totally understood because if... She hurt me the way, like, I hurt her. I would not be like, let's be best friends. Let's be besties. So it's like, I get it. Let me just give you your space. But it took me forever to come. Like, I felt like I was drowning. To, like, come out of the water and be like, oh, I messed up. So I completely get that she was like, this friendship is over. And I was like, I would have ended it too. You shouldn't be around people who are that toxic. I support you. And I love you from far. Mm. 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 Yeah. (laughs) And that is a response too. So... I have been in a situation where someone truly, truly crossed the line and I decided to just love them from afar and they got so upset that I chose that. I'd be like, you know, I should still be upset at you for the you crossing the line. So you're mad at me for withdrawing just to say, you know what? Hey, how you doing? Bless you. We're not going to Roscoe's, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're not going out to eat no more. Yeah. You know, and so and so for you, uh, it's like, you're like, man, she's chosen to set a boundary. But then, then you have the other person where when you've chosen to set the boundary to them, they get upset when they're the one. Yeah, I know. Who hurt who, you? Who hurt you, blood? Yeah. You mad at me for protecting me? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that quote that it's like, 
you just have to accept that sometimes you're the villain in other people's stories. <laughs> and that was the moment that I realized I was like, I was the bad person and I just have to be Cruella DeVille in the corner this time and move along. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I am good. I am very happy with where we are now. Oh, and I am, it was a time where I just, I didn't know what depression was. And I didn't know I had it. And if I did and I accepted it earlier, I wouldn't have ruined friendships, but it's okay. I'm good. We're good. Good. I'm glad you're, y'all are good. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Michelle, I want to ask, in dealing with things like depression, anxiety, whatever it might be in the public eye, and we all know that the music industry, the entertainment industry, in general, is not always gracious, forgiving, nice to Black women. But I'm wondering if being on tour and being in the public eye and being surrounded by people that love you and love what you do and what you're doing, did that in a way ever save you? Or did it amplify your need to want to either take a break or seek help and make sure that you're taking care of yourself first and not just using the fans who are asking so much of you? Well, like I said, when you're able to work with the people you love, it does make things a little better. It's just what happens when you put that key in your hotel door and you got to deal with you and or you got to say, I know they're genuinely happy. They don't deal with depression. So I had to live with that like, whoo, and sometimes it can get exhausting, you know, putting that smile on. But at the same time, you know you're blessed with what you do. You know you're blessed to travel the world and you you know you're making impact with your music. Lives are being saved. I don't know. So to this day, I get messages from people saying your music solo-wise or your music as a member of Destiny's Child, it saved my life. Yes. Yes. That should be enough to wake <laughs> anybody up, you know? That's true. That feeds me into another part of your journey that we actually want to talk about. And that's your relationship with God, your faith, your religion. Mm. I have so many feelings now. I'm a very spiritual person. I grew up in the church. I know you grew up in the church as well and even singing in a church choir. But there's a difference between having a relationship with God and relying on your religion and your spirituality to get you through things. But there's the other side of things where sometimes you actually do need professional help right? You need to talk to someone. Oh, absolutely. So in what ways were you able to like distinguish, okay, this is me getting through via my faith. And this is me coping with the things that I need to deal with via a therapist or something different. 
Well, I need y'all to get into Dr. Anita Phillips. Honey, she is a giant slayer when it comes to things of God. She's an amazing preacher, but she's also a licensed counselor. She's a psychologist. So I love when she says, prayer is a weapon, therapy is a strategy. Oh, yes. (laughs) I got to chill. Okay. Yeah, that was very clear. Just need to sit in that for a second. Okay. So that should free anybody who's feeling like, if I go to therapy, that means... I'm dismissing the power of prayer or God. It's like, no, you're not. Because don't we go to a physician for ankle sprain, a heart murmur, ear infections? We go to a doctor for so many things. Well, a psychologist had to go to school like a doctor too. They're, a psychiatrist is a doctor too. They're just a doctor as it relates to things of the mind and the brain. A neuroscientist, they're the same thing. A neurosurgeon, right? So let's lump all of them into the same health profession area and don't um, put mental health professionals over here, but then what we deem as a regular doctor over here. No, they're all the same. They all went, some of them went to the same school. They just have different areas of practice or residencies and all that stuff. But University of Illinois or what's a medical school in Ohio that my cousin went to? Yeah, he might be a, an emergency medicine physician, but I'm sure there was a residency there for the school of psychiatry. Yeah, yeah. They're birthed from the same thing medicine. So try not to look at those fields, just worlds apart. They're not. What was that moment where you were like, I need strategy. Like I need help. Like I need a therapist. Like, was there one moment? The moment where I wanted to physically harm somebody. Mm -hmm. And this person is bigger than me. Right. So the only way I could physically harm them would be something that I would end up in prison for. Mm. Right. Like, you're really willing to have a mugshot for this. A mugshot over just peace and help. Help led me to peace. Help led me, oh, you were feeling this way because you felt taken advantage of. You felt used. You felt dismissed. All of those things, I'm I'm doing the action of peeling back the layers. When you get to the root of that initial feeling of, anger. You're so angry. Now it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to stay angry. Being angry and being sad, those are natural, legitimate responses to circumstances. It's what you do with it. I think a lot of people are in prison right now because they let that anger get the best of them. Yeah. Because honey, I would have formed a fierce group though. We'd have been the... <laughs> what would have been? I was going to say, yeah, come on. Please, what would have been? We would have been... Bebe, we would have been having concerts in the correctional facility. <laughs> I may have paid for that. I would have taken all my production skills, honey. We People love when me and the girls do that walk and lose my breath. Yeah, oh, yes. I, I, I see it in I, my head right vision. now. <laughs> Bebe... We would have been fierce walking to lunch. Yes. Oh, my God. With that tray. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, Michelle, did you know, like, did you seek help yourself or did you rely kind of on your Black sisterhood and the people that you trust to be like, okay, this is where I'm at? I sought help myself. I'll tell you what happened. So this is where I went wrong. I was only seeking therapy when something was happening. Oh, I'm guilty of that. A lot of people are, yes. So when that incident happened... I drove to the therapist's office. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't have an appointment or nothing. I got my, I drove. 
and she walks out after her last client, she says, my first name is Tanitra. She says, Tanitra, what are you doing here? We don't have an appointment today. And I said, I need you. Let me tell you the why I know it was a divine appointment. She said, it's so funny that you're here right now because the client that I had right now canceled. Wow. Wow. So I knew, and I'm glad I did that. I'm so glad that I did that. So after I got that situation under control, I didn't go back to therapy. But now for the past three years, weekly, I am in some form of counseling every day. I had one today at 10 a.m. Okay, I'm not waiting until something happens. Now my therapy sessions look like, wow, Tanitra, I'm so glad you were able to process that. You're doing so good. I'm so glad. It's like she's just beaming because I'm applying everything that the tools that they've been giving me for the past three years. So now sometimes our therapy sessions are about crawfish boils because (laughs) ain't nothing going wrong. Yeah. Amir and I were just talking about crawfish last week. (laughs) Girl, I love a good bag of garlic and butter. (sighs) I do have a question because I, I had a little difficulty like finding a therapist I liked. Like I think I shopped around for a while Mm -hmm. How did you find your person that you were like, oh, I could talk to you about this? Because for me, I was literally only looking for black women. Yeah. And I'm still looking for a black woman. So how did you know that was your person? Um, I would say some referrals. But then now there are so many, I don't know, oh, black female therapists. Therapy for black girls. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Therapy for black girls and black female therapists. That's another IG page, by the way. You can actually go click the link in Black Female Therapist. Mm -hmm. Click the link in their bio. And there is something that says, find a therapist. See, that's what I need. Thank you. (laughs) Where where are you located? So uh, right now, I have no home. We're usually in in New York, but I'm from Houston. So I'm back to my family in Houston. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, you're living in a city where there are Black female therapist and um some in new york so um but yeah there is a directory literally you select your location and the specialty that you want and even in texas right now i just pulled something up yeah there's oh yes (laughs) you gonna be all right she got you girl (laughs) i got it i got it literally right after this call i'm going to go to that site michelle got you (laughs) look at that black girls saving black girls love to see it (laughs) but see right now we have the tools we scroll social media for so much now you can literally put in instagram hashtag black female therapist and all kind of pictures and stuff will come up so actually to your listening audience if you're on instagram just hit a black female therapist click that link in their bio Go to the directory that says find a therapist, psychologytoday.com. Mm-hmm. You can also go and click a tab um, for therapists. They are there. Don't get discouraged. A lot of insurance um, companies will pay a certain percentage or a certain amount of times for therapy. If you're in college, there are certain universities you can get 12 sessions a year or a semester or per semester for free. It's amazing. I love all of this, I feel like therapy and open conversation, open dialogue is really what 
this podcast is built on and something that Amira and I touch on a lot. But I want to go back a little bit with you, Michelle, to talking about religion. We've had a couple of guests who have touched on the struggle between being in the entertainment industry and feeling like they need to hide their religious beliefs in a way. And so I want to delve into it with you a little bit because I think you're such a great spokesperson about this. Mm -hmm. The entertainment industry obviously does not often align with people's religious beliefs. A lot of things are thrown at you when you're in the spotlight that try to take you off track. So wondering, were your boundaries ever pushed in that way? Or how did you set boundaries with yourself as an artist? You know, in my time with Destiny's Child, believe it or not, Miss Tina was, it was, to this day, she distributes a book called The Power of a Praying Woman. Oh, Ooh. wow. I said, Miss Tina, you need stock in this <laughs> book. Because mm-hmm. she gives it to everybody. And there were moments where if we couldn't go to church, she'd call one of us on our cell phone. And if we were on the tour bus, all right, it's Sunday. Let's pray. Oh, I love that. She wasn't playing. <laughs> Also, there were people who would send us at the time DVDs, like little Easter baskets full of various sermons and church services that we could watch. That's a testament to you guys. Yeah. And so there are moments where we were having times of prayer and intercession just on our tour buses. We were boring on the road, (laughs) y'all. We were even, we were watching sermons, Sex in the City or The Simpsons. <laughs> mm-hmm. We did, first of all, girls don't really have groupies. At least back then we don't. I don't know what it's like now, but right. we didn't have groupies. We didn't have just random men on our bus. We were so <laughs> boring. No champagne showers. <laughs> we would literally get our tea from what the tech bus was doing or what the dancers and musicians were doing but us no ma'am sam we that's just and that's not to be like we were better than anybody we just it that just wasn't our thing yeah what about for you personally and knowing that we all love like miss tina knows lawson as well and knowing that she did a lot of you guys' costumes like did you have a hand in making sure you could show a little bit but never too much and wanted to remain modest and things like that well she accentuated our best features kelly has amazing shoulders mm-hmm. so she's gonna always be in a halter you know, Miss Tina was like, okay, Michelle, you showed, show your abs. And I was like, what? Yes, the abs <laughs> were always out to play. So she kind of made it when we were younger. She was like, okay, well, if you're going to show the upper part, we'll cover the lower part. Okay. I didn't like my legs. So a majority of the time, that's why I had on pants. It's not because of something with my religion or faith. I just didn't like my legs. I felt like they were skinny. I was, they were not neat. I just, I was just like, I need some toning and muscles in my legs. Beyonce and Kelly, gorgeous legs. They could show it all. I was like, I'll show shoulders and abs, but don't, or if I do have my legs out, I'm going to have on a a knee high boot. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that because I feel like having someone in your corner that listens to you and doesn't want to exploit your insecurities, but in fact, make you more comfortable on that stage. Oh yeah. Is a rarity. To this day, 
I kind of do my wardrobe and stuff because of that, accentuating the best qualities. But in the recent years, I do work on my legs. That's just something because if you want to change something, you got to work on it. Ain't no plastic. Plastic surgery going to give me some calves, right? (laughs) I actually think it can. They do have calf surgery. I saw it on TLC. I did. What about like hamstrings and quads? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I saw them put abs in. But you know what, Michelle? I was going to say, you need to drop that ab routine because <laughs> one thing that stayed consistent, they still look good, honey. <laughs> we'll take the workout regimen. Yes. <laughs> what is the routine? Drop that and the skin routine in the chat, please. <laughs> I do regular crunches and sometimes I'll grab a weight and put it on my shoulder and do a side crunch and that's it. Now, Michelle. That's it. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. Okay, now, see me next week. I'm going to check in with you, check in, and let you know that I was doing my side crunches. I promise you. That's all I do. Uh, my trainer likes to throw in some planks every now and then. Actually, Kelly put some stuff in her IG story because she just had a baby. Yes. And her abs kind of separated uh, the diet, something recti, diastasis recti. I don't know where your abs kind of separate. She was showing even the proper way to do crunches, um, just an, uh, some amazing core work. So, and she was doing it at home. There was no fancy equipment, nothing expensive. This is the stuff you're doing, you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Speaking of checking in, this podcast is all about celebrating our Black faves. And we know you have a book coming out. Yes. So please tell us all about it. You know what? How our conversation rolled today, I don't know if y'all knew it, but we touched on the three pillars of checking in. All right. So checking in is about how getting real about depression saved my life and how it can save yours too. But I have three pillars in the book, checking in with yourself, checking in with others and checking in with God. Y'all literally did that. Dare I say this was destiny. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to have to sit in with y'all like monthly or vice versa? Honestly, we're in. We could start this right now. We can start this monthly. (laughs) It is destiny. Because this has been one of the most in tune conversations. Oh my gosh. That means a lot. We yeah. pre- that means so much. You don't Because understand. we're literally just speaking from the heart. <laughs> we literally checked in. A, it's literally the three pillars. Checking in with yourself. We did that. We talked about how I check in with others. We did that. And we did the spiritual piece. Checking oh, yeah. in with God. We did that. That's brilliant. Thank you. You just made my Friday. You honestly just made our whole, forget Friday, the month. How many days yeah. left in this? Because I was, I was sitting here like, these girls are really getting their Oprah on. Aww. They're really, because to me, Oprah, Robin Roberts, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, how did y'all do that? Is <laughs> there is, there's a science to interviewing. It's called doing your work and studying. But you know what? It's also doing our work, but also when you have someone like you who we love and adore and appreciate so much, Mm. it's not hard to come up with Mm. questions and have a conversation. We did heavily research, but when we went to like map it out, we're like, we know exactly what we want to talk to Michelle about. mm -hmm. This this has been life-giving. Well, I do Mm -hmm. have a question about checking in, though. Aside from the pillars, what was it that made like where did you get to the point where you're like I'm going to take control of my own narrative mm-hmm. and put it out into the world when you have an opportunity to tell your own story tell it don't let anybody ever tell your story yes yeah. 
And if they do tell your story prayerfully, it's from the book that you wrote. That's it. In 2018, when I had my hospitalization, there were so many things said, the reason why, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, y'all, this was just years of buildup. You know, my therapist said it's a possibility because it went unchecked. It was going to happen one day this was bound to happen. So I wrote the story to give someone else a a voice to what it is that they're going through. You might not scream it from the mountaintops like I do, but you can put a name to what you're going through, seek some help. And I just hope my book, it helps somebody to become the better version of themselves that you can reach your actual potential emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. In what ways does your book kind of go, does it go deeper as opposed to the podcast of the same name? Like, how are you kind of differentiating the two? Do you even need to differentiate the two? Yes. In my podcast, I share some stories. I try not to make it about me. Like lately, I've been reading excerpts from the book, but I try to let it be about the other person's story and journey. You can read my book and get all the gory details about some of those darkest moments. And I, I that's where I just felt led to do. And I felt it was, it was time. In 2019, I had no idea, of course, we'd be in a pandemic. So this book writing process started back in 2019. When I decided to take a year off of work, um, I think I did four gigs in 2019, which prepared me for 2020 because we couldn't work anyway. Hello. Yeah, the universe was working in your favor yeah, the entire time. <laughs> Working, honey, working, working, working in my favor. And so I was concerned and I was asking the publisher, y'all sure y'all want to release the book right now? Say, yes, there are a lot of people hurting and a lot of people had to sit in their stew in the pandemic because you couldn't go to work. You couldn't mask. You literally were in the four walls of your home and you were in the four walls of your mess. Yes. Well, we're so excited to read it. And this is perfect timing for me because I just had a therapy session on Sunday. Uh, I meet with a group of black girls every two weeks with my black therapist. And I, I love that book and what your publisher said, because one of the things that we just spoke about is that there's a lot of information out there about you know, mask wearing and things that you should do physically when society fully opens back up. There's very little things, narratives, tools, tips as to the mental stress that has occurred with all of us throughout the pandemic. So I think a book like yours and opening up in the way that you are is right on time. Perfect timing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so (laughs) much. It's, it's been a joy. It's been a joy. I just want to be a vessel of healing and impact and to empower, inspire. That's that's it. That's all I want to do. And if I can make somebody laugh along the way. Yes. Yeah, you're funny. That's it. <laughs> Encourage somebody to hold you are, on. You're I just hilarious. Oh, thank <laughs> I enjoy I can insert humor at the most inappropriate times. That's our love language. That is the best way to do it, Michelle. Welcome yeah. to our table. Amira is really good at it. <laughs> that is my way out. We wanted to fangirl with a quick little game that we made last night. We're like, we have to. So we have a few fill in the blanks to ask you. Or just your hot takes. Either one. Okay. So first one. My body is bootylicious because. My body is bootylicious because. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
next up and we fangirl your verse on this particular song it's but iconic <laughs> i'm a survivor because mm, i'm a survivor because i made it a choice mm, i love that in the history books i want people to say my name because in the history books i want people to say my name because they said man she was brave and resilient beautiful she was brave <laughs> she was brave Hmm. to this day Blank still makes me lose my breath. To this day, Girl Scout cookies, honey. The Thin Mints, honey. I was going to say, that which is one? Yes. That is my... Put, put them in the freezer? Oh, I got I got two boxes <laughs> in the freezer as we speak. Yes, okay. where they belong. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, and finally, we end every podcast the same way with a different rendition of this. My Black is powerful because... Mm. My Black is powerful because of the people... And the ancestors before me, they've left power here. It's up to us to grab hold to it and carry it on so that our legacy says my black is powerful because Kirby, Michelle, and Amira left it here for us to grab hold to. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was so good. Michelle, we honestly, we adore you. Thank you for sharing your light with us today. Absolutely. Anytime. We must do this again. A hundred percent. We have to do this. The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by McKamey Lynn and Richard White and edited by Melissa Kaplan. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. The Table's Ours was created by A&E. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.